of true crime, conspiracy theories, and paranormal tales to provide you a distraction from everyday life. I'm Alex. I'm Christy. And this is the second take because I could not pronounce paranormal, so we're on a great start. <laughs> and she's a long one, so... <laughs> yeah. Buckle up, get ready to get weird, because things will definitely get weird on this end. Also, apology in advance, you might hear my cat... He has been exceptionally needed today, and he likes to vocalize his neediness, and sorry. Not Uh, sorry. Not sorry. Uh, Quick update, we are now on Buy Me a Coffee, so you could support the show if you choose to do so by buying us a quote-unquote coffee. It won't actually, like, we won't get coffee mailed to us. You just give us $3, and that's... It was some some little (laughs) funds. For the funds for our caffeine addict, my caffeine addiction, and Christy's juice addiction. Juice addiction. <laughs> tea, ju- tea juice. Tea juice addiction from Starbucks. Um, so for $3, you could buy us a quote-unquote coffee and support the show. Um, so that is new and happening, and I think that's all the updates we have. I think so. I think so. Um, all right, what is your need, Christy, for weird distraction? Uh, my need for distraction is that it's going to be a busy week. All I do is work. I did actually have a weekend off, so that true, was nice. True, true. We went and did something. We, we, we hung out with another friend. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Dylan. Y'all rock. Um, <laughs> so I hung out with them. That was cool. Yes, but the rest of the week has been busy. Like, I went to work today, and today was busy. Yeah. Because it's Monday, and it's always busy. It's hell. So, that's my instruction. Fair enough. I feel like September has been 20 years long. Like, straight up. It's just, like, today is the 21st, and I feel like I've aged by 20 years. I'm now 46. Happy birthday to me. You old. (laughs) I'm old as shit. Um, But, yeah, no, it's just... It's just been crazy. Work's been crazy, and then I got myself into a quote-unquote entanglement with an interview, potentially. Mm. My other job isn't... uh, The only one for my other... My current employment listen that listens is Jessica. Hi, Jessica. And that's about it. So, and I told my manager, so. Just see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll give you an update if I get it or not. If I don't, well, I'm still. Employed. Employed and thriving. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Anyways, we are chatting true crime today. And holy shit, y'all. I. <laughs> so. I'm going to be brutally honest, when I was looking for a case for this episode, which, holy crap, we're in episode 25, um, I literally typed in, I think, North American serial killer with, like, most victims or something like that, and I was not prepared for what I got myself into, (laughs) and then I got into it, and I was like, I can't get out of it, like, this rabbit hole I have got myself into is deep, so... This week we are chatting about Samuel Little. Does that name ring a bell? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So we're going to start off by giving you some facts. Um, we'll go over his victims. There's so many and some of them, most of them are Jane Doe's unfortunately. So I'm going to try to cover as many as I was able to find. 
but if I miss any or what have you, that's no disrespect. It's just, there's a lot because this guy was a, he is a douche. Praise that. He's, anyways. Um, so Samuel Little was born June 7th, 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia, meaning he is a Gemini, which, no, I'm not astrologically shaming anyone, but there's a lot of serial killers that are Geminis as far as the internet has told me. So I'm just saying. Possibly you're a serial killer. <laughs> possibly. If you're a Gemini. If you're a Gemini and you're listening to this, you're probably a serial killer. No, no, <laughs> just kidding. Um. Little claimed that his mother was a prostitute who reportedly left him on the street at one point in his life as a small child. Um, so he would move to Lorraine, Ohio, where he would be raised primarily by his paternal grandmother. Um, Sam, and we'll kind of get into this on and off, but he would often use his grandmother's last name, McDowell, as well as his given last name of Little throughout his life. So he kind of had a couple of aliases. Good start. Good start. And I'm not really sure who his dad was is since there's like literally nothing documented on his dad. Mm. Um, Little attended Hawthorne Junior High uh, where it has been reported that he had, quote, problems with discipline and achievement. Off to a great start there. So by the age of 16, Little was charged with a break and enter, excuse me, sorry, into a property in Omaha. Uh, he was later held for this conviction in a juvenile offenders institute, but would be, <laughs> hi Leonard, that is my cat, uh, would be in and out pretty frequently. So he, like, even right off the bat, he's, like, in and out of jail, causing, causing mischief and ruckus in the neighborhood, and just, things aren't starting well. It's just stacking up all those choices to choices become a serial killer. Choices. He was known, and this is a direct quote from the Oxygen Special, someone who would rail against authority. So, like, essentially anyone who had any kind of, like, authoritative figure. So, like, principal, teacher, police officer. Like, he didn't give a shit. He was like, you know what, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want. A little blunt. A little blunt. That, those were my words also. My interpretation of his choices. Uh, by his late 20s, Little moved to Florida, a.k.a. where all serials seem to end up at some point. Uh, to live with his mother, and at this point he would work various jobs, such as a cemetery worker and supposedly at one point an ambulance attendant, which I was like, how do you, like in this day and age, I, okay, first of all. You just like start that job. Well, no, and first of all, I've never seen an opening for a cemetery worker, because if I would, like if I've, if I would see it, I'd. Would be that job? I, that would be my career. I would, I would be happy doing that. Digging graves for life? Yes. Why not? Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's crazy how, like, back then you could literally just walk in and be like, I want this job, here's my resume, have no experience, be like, yeah, sure, why not? Start tomorrow. Yeah, sure, why not? Come on in and, like, save people. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but around this time when Little had moved to Florida, there was a rise in murdered sex workers. So, like, those numbers started piling up. There was no connection at the time, but be mindful that this is a true crime podcast. So keep it in mind for later is what I'm saying. Read between my lines that I'm throwing at you. So Little would have more run-ins with the law for things such as, <clears throat> this is a list, driving under the influence, sodomy, fraud, shoplifting, solicitation, armed robbery, uh, robbery, <laughs> robbery, aggravated assault, possession of marijuana, unlawful, unlawful flight to avoid prosecution, Assault on a police officer, 
Grand Theft Auto, Rape, and more. Yeah, like, it was all, like, different things, but, like, in the beginning, you started, like, sodomy, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Just jumped right in Should there. Should escalate it quickly. <laughs> uh, by 1975, Little had apparently been arrested multiple times in at least 11 states for more of the same crimes. Why is this person in jail permanently? Oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, during his trips to the big house, Sam reported that he took up boxing and has referred to himself as a, quote, former prize fighter, idolizing himself after famous boxer Sugar Ray Leonard. However, let's just say he, Little wasn't just keeping his boxing moves or, you know, his aggressive tendencies in the ring. Because um, once again, this is a true crime podcast and we talk about shitty people from time to time who take things outside of the ring. Um, <clears throat> so now I'm going to focus on the murders. And I'm giving you this look because they'll get rough. It's about to get rough. Trigger warning if, I mean, it's, it's bad. It's going to get bad. Um, I don't think there's, like, extreme graphic detail, but... That's fine. We'll get to <laughs> it. Um, so, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm going to go through a list of documented reports of murders and assaults that will have ties directly and clearly to Little. However, obviously, there's going to be more confirmation breakdown at the end. Um, now, you hear later on his total number sum... Murder... Total murder sum. Like, how many people mm -hmm. he's, you know... And his convictions, and I may miss a few victims with absolutely no disrespect, uh, but here are some just for instead of how vast these murders expanded across the U.S. and, like, just, like, the like the, the craziness of this whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Like, when I wrote this, I was like, I, I have so many dates and numbers and names and states and, like, what is Too happening? many facts. Too many facts. So we're going to start off with Mary Ann. Um, this apparently took place somewhere in Miami, Florida between, or potentially between 1971 and 1972. Little claims he met a, quote, good-looking 18, 19-year-old transgender black female at a bar known as The Pool near 17th Avenue in Miami. Samuel claims he drove Marianne down Highway 27 before he killed them on a driveway, potentially near a sugar cane field. He further claimed that he put their body down a path face down in, near the Everglades. Hmm. Then we've got Jane Doe, uh, Miami, Florida, sometime... 97 or sorry 97 1971 to 1972 potentially uh, little claim that during his time in Florida he killed a possible Homestead Air Force base worker whom potentially was 28 years old and from Massachusetts or 28 years old and black sorry I started reading the second one um, another Jane Doe Prince George Prince George's County Maryland sometime between sometime in 1972 Little made a report that he killed a white female between 20 and 25 years old and says he thinks she was from Massachusetts. I can never say that properly. Then we're on to another Jane Doe from Kendall, Florida, sometime in 1973. Little noted he thought this victim's name was maybe Sarah and described her as a white female, age 45, possibly from Massachusetts as well. So I don't know if these people were just down in Florida for some reason mm. or what the deal was, but... Um, they're definitely, there's some kind of weird tie there, I guess. Seems like it. Yeah. So on top of that too, um, between 1972 to, I'm going to say about 76, there were about like four or five, maybe even six more, uh, Jane Doe's from places such as like Savannah, Georgia, uh, Cincinnati, Knoxville, Houston, Wichita Falls, 
East St. Louis, like, these were all over the place. So this is him traveling to these places yep. and getting them there. Yep. So, for example, like, let's take the Jane Doe in Knoxville. Um, sometime in 1975, Little noted he killed an unnamed black woman who he believed was 25, but that's it. Or, for example, um, in Savannah, Georgia, in, 90, in potentially 94, or 94, 74, sorry, I'm diagnosed dyslexia over here, <laughs> um, Little claims he murdered a black female who was either 22 or 23 years old. So, like, there's just... You see, there's one of those, like, there's, like, a few different types of serial killers. Like, there's ones that, like, know, like, who, what they, what they looked like, what they smelled like, that was yeah. their name, and he's like, she was maybe black, maybe this age, blah, blah, blah. Like, he just, like, seemed like he was in it for, like... The pleasure of killing. Like, he just didn't care what it was. Some of and them are, like, tied to, like, this person and this detail about them. And we will get to it, because he's going to throw a curveball that's going to blow it up. Blow it up. So, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry. Uh, we also have Pamela K. Smith. Uh, she was from Sunset Hills, Missouri. Uh, and this took place September 1976. So, Little had strangled, beaten bitten and sodomized Pamela. Pamela would show up in a panic on a stranger's doorstep after escaping Little's grasps. Her hands were tied behind her back with electrical cord and some cloth. Police were called and when they arrived, Pamela told them that Little had picked her, picked her up in St. Louis. So sorry, she's not from Sunset Hills, Missouri. This is just where this ended up taking place. But essentially, Little had picked her up from St. Louis and drove 15 miles towards Sunset Hills before he pulled over and started raping her. Police located Little in his car, along with Pamela's clothes and jewelry. Top ten worst word to say. Uh, he denied raping her and claimed, I just beat her. Because <laughs> that's still okay. Because that's still fine. I didn't rape her, I just beat her. I just beat her, like... What's no, wrong with that? No big deal, it's just your average Sunday. Everything is wrong with that. Everything is wrong with this. Everything is wrong. Um, Little would be convicted of the charge of sexual... Uh, sorry, assault with attempt to ravish and served a total of three months. What? Yup. That's yep. bullshit. Uh, the reason Little's jail time was so short was because Pamela was described in court documents as, quote, a heroin addict who didn't show up to many court hearings. Why did they always got to say, like, the sex workers, it's like, like that's their life, that's what they chose, blah, blah, blah. Yep. No. They didn't choose to get all that shit done to them. Yep. They choose to make a living, make some money. We'll fucking get to it, my friend. Uh, if you're pissed now, just you wait. So the next one on my list is Anna Stewart, uh, Grove City, Ohio, sometime in October of 1981. The deceased body of a female, later determined to be Ann, Anna Stewart, was found in a field near Queen Anne Place, Grove City, Ohio. Stewart was reportedly missing from Cincinnati, Cincinnati Ohio, on October 6, 1981. After an autopsy, the death was ruled a homicide. Now we're going to go to our favorite location, New Orleans, Louisiana, sometime in 1982. Little noted he met a, quote, honey-colored black woman, approximately between 30 to 40 years old in New Orleans. Little recalls she told him she, leave, she lived with her mom while the two were at a bar. She noted that she was there attending a birthday party with a group of friends and two of her sisters. Little has claimed that he and the woman left in his car, which at the time was a Lincoln Continental Mark III, just for all you... Of importance. Of importance. <laughs> well, and we'll get to it, too. 
um, and went down a dirt road along a dredged canal. He supposedly killed her and left her body in the canal. So I find it interesting, though, because, <clears throat> so he meets this, this woman, unfortunately we don't know her name, just another, like, a Jane Doe here. Mm -hmm. Um, he tell, she tells him, I live with my mom, I'm here with my friends, and I'm here with my two sisters. He's like, ooh, I pick you. Well, and that's the thing, like, he has no concern the fact that, like. He could just leave, like, from the bar with her and then uh, no one notice or no one. Exactly. Like, and he, it, it makes me wonder, like, the way he must presented to these women was, was probably with some, like, form of confidence or, like, some kind of... Some, like, Ted Bundy vibes. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, the te the very, like, oh, it's just me. I'm just here to try... I'm attractive and I can charm you. Yeah, I'm just here to find love and I just want to show you a good time and blah, all, all the other gross Ted Bundy <laughs> references because, Gross. But exact, that's exactly how I think he did it. Because honestly, like, she had people there who knew her that were probably, hopefully, keeping tabs on her. Yeah. You know? And then she just go with him. And she did. Exactly. So, uh, next we're going to go to Pasagula, Mississippi, in 1982. Um, Little was actually arrested for the murder of 22-year-old Melinda, who had been missing since September of 1982. According to Melinda's family, Melinda was a talented musician who, as a young adult, began prostituting. Her boyfriend, who some reports claim may have been her pimp, uh, reported her missing. However, police at the time didn't take it seriously because they're like, well, she's a sex worker, you're her pimp, like, maybe she just left you, or maybe yeah. she found someone else, like, Making you know. Excuses. And of course, they wouldn't believe him until a body was found because... Why would they? Why would they? Because, anyways. Um, prosti uh, so, prostitutes that worked in the same area as Melinda reported that she was with a, quote, smooth-talking black guy who drove a brown station wagon. Six weeks after, and approximately 20 miles away, they pulled over the brown station wagon that Little, who was going by Sam McDowell at the time, was currently driving. Mm. Little, slash McDowell whoever he wants to go by, Sam, was brought for the murder after victim testimony and photo confirmation was done. However, while under investigation, Little was transferred to Florida, or there was some kind of communication with Florida uh, officials, for the trial for the murder of Patricia Ann Amount, uh, which took place near Gainesville, Florida, in September of 1982. So not only is there shit going on in Pasagula, Mississippi, but there's shit also going down in Gainesville, Florida, within, like, a month of each other. Mm. So they're trying to tie them together slowly. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but I emphasize the fact that now he's driving a different a station vehicle. wagon. Yeah. yeah. So he went from a Lincoln to a station wagon. Mm -hmm. Downgrade. But, uh, you know, nonetheless. You get, you get what you find, I guess. You get what you find, I guess. Uh, and it's weird because you have to wonder, like, Caleb, but, like, if he's bouncing around all these places, like, all these states, like, how can you keep a full-time job? No, him? Yeah. I mean, he's other means of income. I mean, he also was arrested at one point for Grand Theft Auto. Maybe he's a door-to-door -door so. seller. That's a great business. That's a great business. For a serial killer to go to state, I mean, to, state it, to kill. And it was the 80s and the 70s, so yeah. The time where everyone answered their doors. Yeah. Hence why I lock all my doors every and day. And windows. And windows. So... 
Patricia was reported to be a kind 26-year-old woman who was potentially couch surfing at the time of her reported death. Um, there have been reports that Patricia potentially had some kind of cognitive disability. I don't know if it was like a learning disability or like a brain injury or something, but there were some cognitive concerns there. Um, Patricia's naked body was left in a hay field, bruised all over and with finger marks over her neck. Police in the area felt that she had been in the area for approximately 24 hours by the time they found her body. Mm. Witnesses reported that Patricia was at a bar dancing with a black man with red hair who drove a brown slash wood panel station wagon. So now we're going to jump back, jump back to Pasagula. Due to the mistrust of witness testimonies and little DNA evidence linking him, little was released. What? However, they tried to... They tried to try him, that's, kind of, that's a really weird sentence to say, but they essentially took his ass to Gainesville and they're like, hey, we're going to put you in front of a jury. Mm -hmm. um, this pisses me off so much. The jury deliberated for 30 minutes and found him not guilty because even though there was hair DNA that could link Sam t to it, hair DNA wasn't looked at as highly at the time. They're like, oh, it's just some weird science. Like, we're not going to take it seriously. No, he was physically there. His hairs were there. Exactly. It also didn't help that Sam eventually admitted that he danced with Patricia that night, hence the hair, but he didn't kill her, and he didn't end up, like, doing anything. He's like, oh, we danced. That's probably why my hair showed up there. It's like... Annoyed. Mm-hmm. Within two hours of his trial, two fucking hours of his trial, he was released back into the public. Who's frustrated? We are. I'm so fucked. But do, does this remind you of anyone that we've already talked about? Yeah, the last frustrating case I did. Robert Picton. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? Why was the police and, like, DNA and everything just so fucking shitty back then? Like, you get, like, technology has helped a lot in this day and age. Yeah. But, like, just, like, completely disregard everything in the past, apparently. Yeah, pretty much. Nothing. Let's just let them back. Essentially, it's, a, it, it, it's showing that just because you have a rap sheet doesn't mean shit. We're not going to connect and we're not going to be concerned. Now you've wrap sheet and you're like hunted for it. Pretty much. Oh, you did something bad? Well, we can link you to this now. Exactly. exactly. You had this past? Oh, you must be a bad person. I mean, I'm grateful now that they do it. Yeah. But in the 70s and the 80s and we'll see the 90s. You should have done better. We could have been better. Uh, next on my list is Jerry, Jerry, oh my gosh, Mary Jo Patton. Yeah. I apologize. Um, from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, July of 1984. P police found the remains of a naked woman outside a stairwell of a factory building, which essentially, like, police were like, what the fuck, like, what the fuck happened? Like, mm. it was broad daylight when they found her. It was, like, a, like, someone's a busy place. Yeah. At the time of the, at the time of the discovery... Um, the body was decomposed and DNA fingerprint evidence wasn't super active. Um, mm -hmm. so there were absolutely no leads. It wasn't until like 19, 1992 when that Mary's fingerprints were ran again and her identity came to light. <clears throat> so Mary Jo was a former sex worker who had some petty crimes under her belt, like nothing mm -hmm. severe, but she, she was, she wasn't living their best life yeah she was living kind of day by day just trying to get by she was mm -hmm. in survival mode right i think to be honest um <clears throat> sorry i gotta apologize my throat is just not working with me and i don't have covid um <laughs> i think she was just trying to survive yeah 
And I think a lot of her crimes were like theft or, you know, nothing. Things nothing. to help her get by. Exactly, exactly. Nothing of super significant urgency, bad things whatsoever. Exactly. So, um, next is another Jane Doe, unfortunately, from Covington, Kentucky, sometime in 1984. Little claims that he met a 25-year-old white woman outside of a strip club and further described her as having short blonde hair, blue eyes, and, quote, a hippie appearance. Apparently, she asked Little for a ride to Florida so she could go to her mom's. Don't ask people you don't know for a ride is what all... It, not, I'm You're not, not vic- supposed to talk to strangers. I'm not victim-blaming. I'm not saying, but just to emphasize a takeaway from today's episode, just a reminder that people are shit, and there are people out here like this. Where well, t- Today's, I feel like, is worse. Well, yeah. Who will take advantage of people being like, I just need a ride to get to see my mom? You did. And, yeah. So, anyways, unfortunately, um, she went with Little, who professed to strangling her in the back seat of his car before leaving her body on top of a nearby hill. So. Random. Uh, Francis Campbell in Savannah, Georgia, sometime in 1984 as well. He was doing a lot in that, like, span of two years. Yeah. Well, 84 was a, no, was a busy year for him. I mean, this whole, these things. a busy life. Busy bee. Uh, Little was suspected of asking Campbell for a date at a bar. Her body was later discovered in 1985 where she was discovered on top of a debris pile from the Interstate 516 construction. Police matched Little's description of Campbell to a missing persons case. So I think she went missing in 84 and then they found her a year later. And she was still recognizable? Barely. Hmm. But yeah. Alright, this one is a big one. So, Laurie Barrows, uh, in San Diego, California, in September of 1984. Little, at one point, moves to California, where he primarily stayed in San Diego, in the San Diego area for most of the part. Um, unfortunately, Laurie, who was a 22-year-old sex worker at the time, crossed Little's path. Laurie has claimed, and spoiler, she survived which is great. That's good. That's good. Uh, that Little picked her up on the night of September 27th, 1984, and threw her inside his vehicle. So, like, she was just walking. He just, like, grabbed her and, like, chucked her in his car. Full-on kidnap. Full-on kidnap. She further claims during an oxygen interview uh, that he drove her up a, ste- a steep gravel road to a field before pulling over, tying her hands behind her back, and strangling her. When Little thought that Laura was dead, he got her out of the car and drove off. She would play dead for approximately 30 minutes before getting up, getting to a phone booth, calling a friend, and making a police report. Literally, that's what you do. You play fucking dead because your life depends on it. Exactly. One month after the incident, two San Diego police officers were reading Lori's report and, while on parole, decided to stake out the crime scene. So, this was approximately, like, October 23rd. 1984 um they caught little attacking another man in his car at the same fucking place what yeah uh little was quickly taken into custody and authorities collected a dna sample which was later uploaded to the national dna database codis which will blow up his life and that's c-o-d-i-s and literally in brackets i put this is super important for later super important (laughs) Um, Little was charged with attempted murder, rape, assault with intent to cause great bodily injury, and other related sexual charges. The the other woman, the other victim, and and 
Lori testified against Little at a joint trial in the mid-1980s. Uh, Little was offered a plea deal. Stop. And he was given four years in prison for assault and false imprisonment. Who are these judges and juries? He was released in, in February of 1987 on good behavior. And if you can't math, because I can't math, that was two and a half years. He only served two and a half years. Bullshit. He would then move to L.A. Apparently, after all of this went down, Sam's defense attorney disclosed somewhere, and I got this out of, I think, the Oxygen Special, he kind of made a pass, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's committed, like, 60-something murders. And this was in the 80s. His lawyer said this? His, his defense attorney said, yeah. To who? I, I, don't, I didn't catch it. I think it, I think it was just, like, kind of, like, a random fact. Like, I think another, like, new attorney was like, oh, yeah. Is this, like, like attorney-client privilege? Eh. I think everything was loosey-goosey in the uh. 80s. Honest to God. Like, the way... The way everything just seems. I won't give a shit. I know. And, okay, so this one, this one's kind of interesting. Because he was released in 1987, right? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if I wrote this wrong, or this was just documented wrong, or there's some kind of time confusion. But there was a murder in 1986 that Little was connected to. Okay. And this was in... Oh, gosh, I should have... I, see, I always do this. I'm always like, I should have done, like, the Google Translate to, like, get the enunciation of things. Mm -hmm. So this was of Melissa Thomas and Opelousas... Opelousas? Opelousas? In Louisiana. In January of 1986. See, I have 1986 written all over it, but he was in custody so i don't know I, I honestly could have written this wrong but i want to still tell the story of melissa anyways mm -hmm. um so melissa was different than the rest in the sense that she wasn't a reported sex worker most Ooh. of his victims were if not all he went outside his bubble exactly i don't know if like the one from the bar from new orleans was a sex worker like That's and there's true. a couple of jane does that like we don't know no, yeah but most of them were so Melissa was from a black, sorry, Melissa was a black woman who her family recalls her being funny, feisty at times. She was only 24 years old when she went out for a pack of smokes in, on January 31st of 1986. She never returned. Across the street from the store where Melissa had reportedly gone was a cemetery, um, which essentially Melissa would kind of like cut paths through. I'm giving you the eyes. You're giving me the eyes. And Melissa's clothed body was found in the cemetery where... There were more questions than answers. And unlike the other victims, Melissa wasn't left, like, her body wasn't left naked. There was no indication of rape. Um, but it's really, it's really sad in the sense of, like, her family never stopped trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Like, they just never, they never stopped. And both her parents actually passed away of a quote-unquote broken heart because they just couldn't figure out what was going on. That's sad. Yeah, and as I mentioned, as I said, apparently this was 19... I have my, in my notes 1986, but if my other notes, which I think they're both from the same source, say he was released in February 1987, so I don't know, but we'll get to it, because... Spoiler, he's connected. <laughs> Spoiler! Um, so... 
There were another six Jane Doe's in Los Angeles, California, sometime in 1987. After his release, Little claims that he killed six black Jane Doe's with their age ranges age ranges between thank you, uh, 19 to 50 years old. All had shown signs of severe beating and strangulation. Zemo. Yep. We've got Carol Elford from L.A. Uh, in 1987 as well. It's been documented that Carol was approximately 41 years old at the time of her death, where she was murdered via strangulation and was left in an alley. Carol's adult daughter, Brenda, was worried that perhaps Carol fell victim to the Grim Sleeper, a.k.a. Lonnie David Frankly Jr., who was reportedly responsible for at least 10 murders, rape, and sexual violence charges towards women in the area Carol was frequently, like, frequently at at the time. Mm-hmm. Frequenting. Frequent, that's the word, frequenting. Lonnie, someone like Little, typically targeted black women who were using drugs and practicing sex work. It's just, I guess, the pickings, apparently. I don't know. Also, I've never heard, the, like, the Grim Sleeper, so when I saw that, I was like, who the fuck is that? And then I read more, I was like, oh... Another story. Another story for another time. Another weird distraction for another weird day. Um, so in the Sinisterhood podcast, which recommend, love them, uh, they commented about how L.A. was essentially going through a wave of serial killers at that point in time, like late 80s, bumping with serial killers. Everybody Not great. just kill everybody. Everybody just kill everybody, but we don't like it. <laughs> um, essentially, based on what they kind of said, there were at least eight active serial killers at that time in L.A. alone. All at once? Including Richard Ramirez, who that motherfucker is like, or was, because he, yeah, he's, he's not around anymore, but he was, a, he was a nasty. Nasty. I mean, they're all probably nasty, but he, his name just gives me the, the twitch. Cringe. I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in after, but another story for another weird day. Um, then we have next on my sad, depressing list um, of victim recognition, because sometimes the serial killers just get all the fame and the victims don't get their moment, um, is Guadalupe Apodaca from L.A. again in 1987. It has been noted that the mother, mother of two was approximately 46 years old when she was killed by strangulation. Uh, she was found in the same in an area of LA, similar similarly to Carol, um, that was known for cocaine use and sex work. Mm-hmm. Uh, DNA was collected and preserved. However, the case did go to- cold at the time. Uh, we have Audrey Nelson once again, LA, California, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, it was reported that Audrey, who was ca- who was Caucasian, approximately thirty five years old at the time. Uh, when she met Little, she'd recently, oh, this breaks my heart, she recently moved back to LA to be closer to her family and was also trying really hard to get her life back on track. She had kind of fallen into sex work, but aspired to be a makeup artist, so she was like... Trying to make bank to get try, out of it. Yeah, exactly. Audrey was found in a dumpster and was severely beaten and undergone a neck compression, so like her neck was just, yeah. Like, he, th- it just goes to show, like, this man... Vicious. Yeah, vicious. Uh, It appeared that Audrey had used her fingernails to fight off her assailant, leaving DNA under her fingerprints. Okay, when's all this collected DNA going to come into play? We're getting to it! Because, like, (laughs) I, like, I totally get it how, like, the states, like, they're so separated with their own things, and then there's the FBI that's, like, supposed to cover everything. Right. I don't use it enough. We're getting to it! We also have Daisy McGuire in Homa... 
and that's pronounced or spelled H-O-U-M-A, Louisiana. Also, I'm trying really hard to ignore the fact that we have no listeners in Louisiana, which is, like, my favorite state. Which breaks our heart. Which breaks my fucking heart. Love everyone else. Like, don't get me wrong. Love everybody else. But, like, where's our Louisiana folk at? No love. Yeah. Anyways. In 1996, Stacey McGuire was 40 years old, marri- a married woman whose body was discovered in a 900 block of Magnolia Street on February 6, 1996. And finally, the last one on my list, um, but not probably the last one I'm going to be mentioned, is Nancy Carol Stevens in Tupelo, Mississippi in 2005. Motorists discovered Nancy Carol Stevens' body on a roadside near Tupelo on, Tupelo on August 8, 2005. Uh, the Lee County coroner determined the 46-year-old died of manual asphyxiation. Just keep going. All right. So, DNA from the cases of Guadalupe, Carol, and Audrey were ran again with co- within CODIS in April 2012, which was done by... 2012? I know. I know. I'm not happy. I'm not happy about it, but I'm happy it happened. Finally. Finally. Uh, LAPD detective Mitzi Roberts had essentially received a grant from the F from the FBI to kind of run some DNA in local cold cases and kind of like to shoot her shot to see if they could find like can resolve these cases. And then she's like, oh, fuck. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> because the DNA found on Guadalupe, Carol and Audrey Stevens or Audrey Stevens. I don't know why I said that. Audrey <laughs> was matched to Sam Little. Once the hits were made, it was brought to L.A. prosecutor Beth Silverman. But a question rose. Where the fuck was Sam Little now? Because this man was, like, state jumping. Like, he was going from one state to the other, and he, like, things had kind of gone quiet, right? Like, after 2005, I don't think there was much... Activity. Exactly. That really met his, this M.O. that no one really picked up. Well, I think some people were picking up on it, but... Anyways. Um... With help from the FBI and federal marshals, the hunt for Sam Little was on. Little's social security was found to be used in Kentucky, where Little was staying at a mission homeless shelter. On September 5th, 2012, Sam Little, the monster who had been parading around the U.S. for almost 40 fucking years, was finally arrested at the age of 72, and attached to him were the deaths of Guadalupe, Carol, and Audrey at that time. So, now it's trial time. So, Lori, the one who survived earlier and had to testify against him, and he only served, I'm sorry, I think it was like three months or something, or maybe it was the two and a half. I'm like, bitch, I'm bad. Yeah, I think it was when he served two and a half years instead of four years, which was even stupid at that point. Mm -hmm. But Lori Burroughs had to face him again for the second time in 2014, explaining the awful way that their paths crossed back almost 30 years prior. That's ridiculous. On September 25th, 2014, Sam Little was found guilty for the murders of Audrey, Carol, and Guadalupe. He was given three consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. Good. He was already old as F. <clears throat> I know. But if you think he just kind of like sat there and was like, all right, yep, done my shit, I'm good, mm-hmm. you'd be fucking wrong. Because, of course, he's a egotistical asshole and claims that all everything that was said about him were all lies uh whenever the victim's family spoke to be like hey you know what like 
this guy's a piece of shit, he ruined my life, X, Y, Z. He essentially, he would interrupt them in court and make comments such as, I didn't do it. There's also been reports that Sam attests that he didn't rape anyone, and he supposedly gets real fucking butthurt if someone calls him a rapist, but seems mildly okay with being referred to as a murderer. Uh. Murderer, sorry, but... You catch the drift. He's still an asshole. He touchy. Touchy subject, I guess. Poor, poor ego. Boo-hoo. Wah. <laughs> uh, if you even watch his sentencing hearing, he looks like... He looks so unfazed. Like, he's just, he just honestly, like, he was told, look, you're gonna, you were guilty. You are gonna serve three consecutive life sentences. Like, you will never, ever, ever, hopefully ever leave prison. And he's just like, eh. That's the thing. He's done it before. He was in and out of the jail, like, in and out of the big house so many times. Yeah, probably he's, like, not even, like, cluing into what's happening because he's like, oh, I've been in and out, I get out, blah, 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 blah. At one point when he was being escorted out of the courtroom in his wheelchair, because yes, he's in a wheelchair, uh, his he fist-pumped randomly in what could be described as like some form of confusing disrespect. As if like, like the way I kind of see it is if he just left like a boxing match or something and he's like, yeah, I won, you know what I mean? But it's like, dude, you're, you're fucking going to jail. To die. To die. That's great. You are, I don't know why you're happy. Weird flex. Not okay. So... In 2018, Rangers from the from Texas, uh, so Texas Rangers, I can read, <laughs> reached out to offer a deal to Little. If Little confessed to an unsolved murder that they believe that he had ties to, slash did, mm-hmm. um, they would be willing to take the death penalty off the table and transfer Little to a county jail in Texas that would be more, quote, comfortable. Because essentially, like, he could... I don't give a fuck how comfortable he is. I know. But he could be extradited from L.A., <clears throat> potentially, to attest to the this potential murder in Texas, where the there is the death penalty. Mm. Right? So, like, look, if you come in, you say you're, you, you know, you, you, you tell us what went down, we'll take it off the table, we'll put you in a county jail, and we'll be, like, as intent, like... You're already going to jail for life anyways. I know, like... Yeah, exactly. So... Little agreed to talk, but he also requested that he not see any pictures of the victim's dead or decomposing bodies. Uh, the host from Sinisterhood made a point that this was probably to maintain his memories of the victim from when he last was, like, from when he last saw them when he murdered them, right? Which like, details are so <clears throat> memorable. A oh, 20-year-old blah blah blah, maybe. Girl, we're gonna get to it. Just you wait. Just you wait. We're, like, on the cusp. So, I want now. The, the requests weren't met, but I don't think the Rangers were prepared for what was going to come of the recorded seven-hour session. Oh so, Sam Little described murder after murder in numerous states, ones that police didn't even consider were part, like, were part of his killing territory. I mean, listed every fucking state. Yeah. In vivid detail, he described a total of 93 murders. 39 which have been confirmed by evidence thus far. Little, once Little went to the county jail in Texas, he requested art supplies. He would use these supplies to draw portraits of his victims by memory. That's yep. fucked. Yep. Yeah, like... Who's I, giving him paint? That should not be that, allowed. That, that's what, literally, because he, conf- I guess he confessed, and they're like, okay, you know what, fine, he's like, one more thing, I want art, like... You know, through his time in going in and out of jail, like, he kept, he would pick up these, like, different skills. So, for example, like, boxing. I think at one point, 
He might have learned how to read because he didn't really have an education. Mm. You know, he learned how to draw. He learned how to color. He, I think at one point I saw that he learned how to, like, play guitar maybe i don't know but like he just he would go to jail and essentially it was like a fucking vacation for him yeah since he just grew up in jail learned exactly. all his life skills on the images uh he proved some details such as like you know this one had a daughter or this one had a limp but like the dates were always blurry that's why i put like sometime mm. in 1987 because honestly he was just all over the fucking place like he didn't have he didn't have names or dates, correct? He just basically knew, like, what they looked like and their, like, something to go with them. Exactly. So, the FBI then begins going around state by state to police and prosecutors to try to see if, based on any reported missing persons or unsolved murders, you know, between this... matches. If anything matches. Which, lo and behold. So, it was around this time, too, that Sam confessed to killing Mary Jo Patton and how he placed her lifeless body at the factory. He also confessed and confirmed that he murdered Melissa Thomas from uh, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Little described meeting Melissa outside of the store the day she went to grab smokes. I'm assuming Little was like flirting with Melissa and she apparently called out Little and asked why Little was stroking her neck and flat out was like, hey, are you a serial killer? Because like, why the fuck are you touching my neck? Little do you know. Little little do you know that this would enrage him, supposedly, and he proceeded to then murder her before leaving her at the cemetery. Little also confessed to killing Melinda Lapree and further disclosed that every murder he completed was by manual strangulation. No other objects were used. Like, he just, he would just choke. That was his pleasure. Yeah. Gross. Little explained to officials that he always had an obsession with women's necks since he was a young boy. He stated that, and this is a direct quote, <clears throat> when I was 12, 13 years old, and I would see a woman's neck like that, and she wouldn't even know it, man. My dick would get hard. Ugh. Yup. Little noted before he began killing people, he would choke his, sex his sexual partners during intercourse, but things escalated around 1970 with his, report with his reported first victim. When officials asked Little if during the murders, if it was more about, like, the act of sex or the act of, like, killing someone, like, where, yeah. where do you land, man? Little reportedly responded, it's both. In Little's mind, they were, like, two of the same. Like, sex and murder were on the same page always. So, to kind of recap, because I've just thrown, like, a shit ton of information at you. Yeah. So, and just to clarify, too. So Little has been convicted for the murders of Anna Stewart, Ma Mary Jo Patton, Carol Elford, Guadalupe Apodaca, Audrey Nelson, a Jane Doe out of Cincinnati, Rose Evans, Denise Christie Brothers, and I believe, or I'd assume, hasn't really been documented, the murder of Melissa Thomas and Mel Melinda Lapree. You know, I, I could not find a lot of information about Denise Christie Brothers or... Um, one of the, I mean, or, or Rose Evans, like, there's, there's so many, there's mm -hmm. so many, and I literally mean no disrespect, but there's so many victims. victims. I mentioned earlier how Little was in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So it's been reported that Little has been diagnosed with diabetes and has a heart condition, but honestly, he gives me, like, Joseph James D'Angelo bullshit vibes, like the Golden State Killer, where he's like, oh, I'm so frail, oh, I'm in my 70s, I'm this weak little man, have mercy on me. You spent your whole life killing people, I you don't give a shit how you, you feel. You spent your whole life killing people. You spent your whole life killing people. I don't give a shit. Go die. 
eat shit. Okay. Well, and I don't know if I tagged you or if I showed it to you, but um, Joseph D'Angelo, D'Angelo, there I think it was the prosecution prosecutor's office that released a video because he was like pra- playing this like frail old man in court, mm-hmm. but then in his jail cell, which I guess they were taping. He was doing, like, fucking sit-ups. Put, like, he was, like, walking around fine, but then he would need, quote-unquote, need a wheelchair every single time. It was more of an imagery thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's... Like, I'm sure... I'm sure Little's in bad health. Mm-hmm. He's, like, yes, in his 70s. Yeah. Right? Like, I... I, I, I yeah. But I'm just getting those vibes, you know? That ego. That e- those egotistical vibes. So... One of the main reasons, or one of many main reasons, why Little's murders went undetected for as long as they did was because his victims and alleged victims were the least supported and protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people such as sex workers, homeless people, people whom were using drugs, um, with many being women of color. That's why they're, they're always the most popular prey. Yep, pretty much. And a lot of his surviving victims even came forward to police before his arrests um, but weren't properly listened to because they were sex workers. Mm-hmm. Even during attacks, there uh, have been reports of women trying to seek help, and when approached, Little would make up a story, and the bystanders would just leave because they'd be like, oh yeah, the man's right. Essentially, like, there was one where, um, I guess a woman was trying to leave, and, like, she was, like, screaming for help, and he literally said to someone, oh, she's just drunk, that's just my old lady, like, we just got in a fight, you know, she just gets like this. And literally, they fucking left. They're like, okay. Just let her say, help. Exactly. Oh, God. So, a little one said during a New York Times article, quote, I never killed no senators or governors or fancy New York journalists. Nothing like that. I stayed in the ghettos. So? I know. It, it, there's still fucking people. You still killed like 90 some people. Exactly. And an interview with Julian Lauren from The Cut Little reported that he referred to his victims as his, quote, babies, and when Jillian asked how he f- how it felt to kill them, he responded, Ooh-wee, it felt like heaven. Felt like being in bed with Marilyn Monroe. As if he would know what that felt like. He nasty. Yeah. Another notion as to why Little got away with the crimes uh, that he did was the fact that he would leave his victims in areas where the environment would take over, making it challenging for forensics to really do any of their... Yeah, there's always, like, random places, like, at the Everglades, where at first I was like, it doesn't get, like, done by the elements, like, fucking gator's gonna eat somebody. Exactly. And well, that's other the thing. Places. And not only that, but he didn't stay in a place for too long, he changed vehicles, he might have changed, changed his name. He might probably change his appearance by the looks of it. Like, I'll show you pictures after, but, like, he, he looked fairly different as the years went on. Mm-hmm. And he went by different names. Right? Like, he went by McDowell, went by Little, he had other aliases, like... So, here's a plot twist that no one expected. Uh, Little had a longtime girlfriend, Jean, who passed away a couple years ago, I guess. Uh, Little reportedly met Aurelia Jean Dorsey in jail in 1971. In jail? In jail. She was like, jail writers? No, she was in jail, too. Oh, like, actually in there? Yeah, she was actually in jail. Uh, Little was there at the time for a robbery conviction, and a direct quote, Jean, or sorry, she, quote Jean, uh, was 30 years older than him, but from that point on, uh, because she showed him loyalty, he wanted to be with her, said Special Investigations Chief Rick Bell with the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office. 
Jean and Little essentially were thick as thieves after they got in jail, no pun intended. Um, they moved across the country together, shoplifting and living a life of crime for about 15 years. And she so. knew none of this? I, I don't know. I don't believe that then. I know. If that's what she's saying. Right. Or said. Uh, taking a look at Little's psychological background, Dr. Gary Brucato, who specializes in psychology of violent crimes at the New York State Psychiatric Center at Columbia University, uh, shared, to the Wink New- shared to Wink News that he felt Little falls under the serial sexual ca- category of serial killers. A direct quote uh, to the Wink News article reads, they have, a f- they have had a fantasy, usually a fantasy in their minds, for years and years and years of sort of re- regaining a sense of power and con- or control. Uh, Oh my gosh, I almost want to say bruschetta. It's not bruschetta. (laughs) Brucato further stated in the Wink article, and he's referring to um, people that fall under the serial sexual category, Mm -hmm. are trying to live out a fantasy over and over again, trying to make it more and more, like, more perfect each time in their mind. That's why they keep going. That's why it becomes a serial situation. So, as mentioned, some of the cases that Little has claimed to be a part of are still unsolved. If you or anyone you know has information, please contact the FBI at www.fbi.gov or at 1-800-225-5324 or your closest FBI. And that, my friend and friends that are listening, is the tale of a doozy. Of a doozy of the gross nasty not great human piece of shit because i can say it because it's our show he's a piece of shit sam little we say what we want and i hope that some of the victims are well i hope it's hard like i i wish i wish there was ju- more justice in this like i wish there was more for the victims that we don't know and like i know the fbi is swamped probably but like i i just hope to dear god that if there are 93 then those oh, 90, more. Then those ninety three get named and hopefully get to rest. Yeah. And that he gets to rot. And die. And die. So I'm gonna list off my resources. So once again, as per usual, Wikipedia, uh, Sky News article by Tom Giselpi, uh, Giselpi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, FBI website uh, article portion page from October 6, 2019, Oxygen article by Courtney Brogel, April 12, 2020, Oxygen special, Catching a Serial Killer, Sam Little, definitely recommend it, uh, Biography.com, Sinisterhood, Episode 78, Sam Little, go listen to Sinisterhood, they're great, I like their show, uh, Wink News article reported by Sydney Persing and written by Jack Lowenstein, October 14, 2019, Los Angeles Times article by Marissa Gerber, September 25th, 2014. The Cut article by Jillian Lauren, December 20th, 2018. That's also a really good article. Definitely recommend reading it. And finally, Cleveland 19 article by Sarah Goldenberg, Tracing Serial Killer Sam Little's Northeast Ohio Roots. They didn't know who the hell was doing it, and I don't have a date, but that is that. Christy. Bam. I'm done talking. Tell the people. (laughs) Tell the people where to find us. Where to find us, please. Uh, we are on various platforms, as I'm sure you're aware of. Come check us out. We are on Anchor, Anchor. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Drop a review. Drop Five stars. stars. We Five love you. Stars. You love us. Go ahead. 
Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Good Pods. You can email us any suggestions or anything you want to say in general. Come say hi. We get a lot of spam email right now, which might be a Patreon thing we might do. Mm. Where we can just... I mean, if if that's what you think is fun. That's what y'all want. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) But email us anything. uh, Anything. We're distractionspodcast at itlook.com. You can tweet at us on Twitter at weirddistractI1. And hit us up on our Insta page at Weird Destructions Pod. And make sure to listen to the very end of this episode where you will hear a promo from a great, awesome, amazing, stellar, beautiful, wonderful, great, I've said great twice, but great podcast. Just listen to the very end, okay? Stay here. Stay Stay here. Stay tuned. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following, liking, just... Tolerating, just being here, just just tolerating my voice, our voice. Well, no, you have, you've got a great voice. My voice can be. I literally said earlier, I was like, I think I have a man voice. (laughs) Like I hear it, I hear a man voice. I, I hear a man. Um, but thank you so much for loving, appreciating, just following along, just, just, just staying connected. Um, once again, we are on Buy Me a Coffee. We're not asking you to give us money, but hey, if you want to buy us a coffee or buy Christy, uh, what is, what is it that you get from Starbucks? So. A venti passion tea lemonade. A venti passion tea lemonade. <laughs> then do so. Check us out. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for now. But uh, need a distraction? We got you. We got you. So uh, ta-ta for now. Bye. Bye. Are you looking for a new adventure? Did you ever want to visit the city where all your nightmares reside? Well, you're in luck! Join us, your tour guides, Christine and Jen, to visit Nopeville, where you will be personally escorted on an all-inclusive trip through the city and see all possibilities of terror and fright. You'll see all sorts of things on your tours, including, but definitely not limited to, the paranormal, true crime, the supernatural, and more. If you're into all that and enjoy a little dark humor, book your tour today and nope right along with us. Check us out on our website at nopevillepodcast.com to see where you can listen to Nopeville today.